0: You're tuned in to RX Radio. Movement prescribed. Brought to you by Prescript.com. A personalized approach to keeping you healthy and making your best even better. Your hosts, Dr. Jordan Shallow and Dr. Jordan Ginta. get your professional opinion on this. I've told zero people about this.
1: I'm so excited. Well, I
0: so I went to a bar when I was in Sydney last, like before I flew back, I went to a barbershop and I like had stuff in my hair and like the dude, he's, he's a good barber. I went to him a few times and for whatever reason on this day, and the guy was French, which I don't know if makes a difference, but in my juvenile mind, it makes a difference. And he's like, oh, do you mind if I wash the stuff out of your hair? And usually it's a spray bottle, right? Like when I'm in Santa Clara, I, my barbershop is right around the corner from, from Sundown, right from your office. It's right. a done right barbershop. I go see Santi or I go see my man, Big Elvis. I usually see Big Elvis. And what Steve Perez will do is he'll take the spray bottle and regardless of how much dumb shit I have in my hair because I have no idea what I'm doing, he'll just spray it until it goes away. Right. Right. Right, but that's Barbershop like 101, to my knowledge. I think they play some different games in France, just saying. Because he, like, and I was in, I was a barber. It was actually called, like, something-something Barbershop. Like, it wasn't a salon. Like, I can't, this, this doesn't, this situation doesn't work in a so a salon. Right, like you stop going to salons when your mom stops taking you to go get haircuts. When your dad wises up that you've been talking to ladies with curlers in for like an hour and a half, it's like and you all of a sudden know the characters on the Golden Girls. You're just like, All right, I'm putting a foot down, no more salons. He's gonna go to the barber shop, he's gonna he's gonna learn about the bears, and he's gonna learn about Coors light, and I'm gonna teach him a few swear words. Long story short, another man washed my hair don't know how to feel about it it's actually been on my mind for about three and a half weeks I just stashed it subliminally and I because I literally wrote I wrote last time I thought about it I wrote it down it's like because I consult with you with things that people don't realize the text messages you get like if I ever wanted to run for political office and our text threads got exposed I'm just thinking of them right now man it's just like there has been more references to just, and this isn't even, this is the stuff we could talk about and probably shouldn't talk about, but like I can think of seven different times where the word glory hole has been used <laughs> in a text message thread between me and you. So and that's the stuff we could talk about on, on a podcast. And we don't have sponsors or anything. Like we just have respect for you as human beings, which we don't for ourselves. And it's just, so I, I write down things that I want to run by you because you're my confidant. And one of them was another man wash my hair. I have no, do you have experience with this? Have you, cause like you're not supposed to enjoy it, right? Like that's, a, this is, this is like a like a George Costanza gets a massage thing. I was like, I have no idea how to interpret the situation. Like, how did I get here?
1: Oh my God. Dude, I have so many thoughts running through my head right now. Please divulge.
0: <laughs> i'm
1: I'm trying to think if i've ever had a man wash my hair and i can't say i have i went through like the whole like mom took me to get my hair cut i've had a woman wash my hair in that same way it's different
0: it's different it's
1: different right it's different it's ah, man i don't know i don't know how i mean let's start here did you enjoy (laughs) it
0: I mean, I'm not one for like... <laughs> Did like you I'm get a,
1: goosebumps on your arms?
0: No, I don't know. I wasn't anything like that. I think the beard may have been a different story. I think that's a little like... That's like scratching a dog behind the ears kind of thing. Okay. But like, like I don't... I don't know. It was just like... I was sitting there like, eh, whatever. Okay, do what you got to do. But like, just the whole setup, I think, is so effeminate. Like, I don't necessarily care that this chair and sink are black.
1: Like it's just
0: not, nothing about this situation is redeemable. Like just, it's just kind of like get it over with. So would you go back to that barber? Good question. And here's the other hard part too, right? Good barbers are hard to find. That's true. Right. So at what point is the hair washing? I mean, I think I would, but I honestly think I would make a conscious effort or reminder to not have to put anything in my hair that needs to be washed out, I think it's it's in, okay. it's burned in my brain enough to be like, go for the pomade in the morning. Flashback PTSD, another man washing your hair, and you put like you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with it. Kind of like oh natural today, uh, because I I just can't, you know. And it's not like going to be a thing. Maybe I wear a hat on the way in, and it's just ready to go. But uh, yeah, that was I just I don't know. if – out there has ever had like any other male has had another male because girls with girls it's just entirely different guys perception of what girls do when they're on their own time we just assume there's pillow fights in the salon i'm assuming based off of all the information that some websites on the internet have told me but it's just like it was if anyone has had experience with that do let me know because it's i've been going to a barber for like a minute right like I really probably got into it. Having a beard and, and not having lice pretty much means you go to a barber, right? <laughs> so it's like I haven't touched this in – I could well, I could probably do the math. How long have we been out in practice for? Five years? Six yeah. years? Yeah, five, yeah. Five, five and change? Five and, change five and, five and a half. half? So six – Um, I would say about six and a half years. I went into the bathroom, tried to go solo mission, clean it up, maybe, and it just ended up taking left, right, left, right, and I ended up walking out, with, like, face naked as the day I was born, and I was like, okay, I don't, whatever this situation is, I'm not touching it. So, like, it's been six and a half years, and not once has anyone been like, let me wash your hair,
1: <laughs>
0: right, like... Cause it's a slippery slope. Like next time I go buy a pair of Jordans, like is the guy gonna want to like wash my feet? Like where does this end? Oh man, I just don't know. Like, I, cause the, the the weird part was, like in times before, I've seen this guy probably three or four times. I did. There was no proposition of the hair wash. Now, am I the altar boy? Am I the altar boy? Of you know, is he just getting me comfortable and be like, I'm gonna totally wash this guy's fucking hair right uh, so it's the just, red
1: flag is if you go back and he tries to wash your beard you don't ever step foot back in that place again
0: right or if or if i come in with yo natural and he still tries to wash my hair or it's just like That's true i'm just a greasy human being like there's also that <laughs> there's also like there's also like a covid like i don't want to touch this guy because if i touch him he will probably be sticky like there perhaps there's that. Which I didn't take into true. consideration. That's true. Which is always a very real possibility. But I don't think, like, maybe I was coming from the gym. No, I was going to the gym after, so it wouldn't have been that. I don't know. But uh, I, that was something I, I, I felt that I, I don't even know. I may have wanted to text you it in the time, and I was like, I need to let this percolate. Like, I need to let this, I need to sit with this for a bit. And think on it before I, before I let this out into the universe. Because, like, toothpaste doesn't go back in the tube. Another <laughs> man washed my hair. It's, um, it's like a
1: repressed memory now. You're just going like, to, like, subconsciously, like, wash your hair before you go to the barber
0: every single time. Right. Now. Just, like, I know kids. This is, I mean, maybe we've discussed this before. But, like, I know people who, in high school, when they took a shit, they would go home and shower.
1: Like actually leave school to go home?
0: Yeah, oh, park. 100%. Dude, there's a kid. Now, there's two Stefans. They're both Serbian, obviously. One plays like professional soccer in Europe and the other one I haven't heard of in years. I think it was the one I didn't like. I don't know what he's doing right now. It was I just remember that there was a Stefan and it was just like a thing that teachers knew. Like, like oh, how come Stefan didn't make it to like fourth period? Like I had to take a shit. And they were just like, okay. And Dude, so like, like...
1: He's a genius. Like... If I would have, like, established that with my teachers, I would have had to skip so much less school or, like, gotten in trouble for skipping so much less school.
0: But, yo, that was the COVID play, though, man. Like, I remember getting to Australia and, like, toilet paper was trading, like, fucking plutonium. Like, it was (laughs) unreal. Like, it was trading on the NASDAQ at, like, 73 bucks a share. And I was just like, all right, you know, these are are wartime rations. Like, we don't know when this thing's going to hold up. So if I was right there... It was just like, you know, a, a, a vertical bidet. It's like, all right, I'll just, I'll just make this happen. So that was like, that was a go-to move for me in like early COVID days. But uh, yeah, now it's like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know how I feel about it. I it's, it's out there now. If anyone's had experience, you know, with another man, like, and it, cause it was the, what got me was the altar boy situation. Like, I feel like, no pun intended, like I was perhaps being groomed for this role as, you know, I don't know, just strange. Yeah, we. I think
1: we've mentioned the word or the term uh, bear on this podcast before. We did
0: live in close proximity to San Francisco. That's, did, um, yeah. Does this fall into that category? Uh, see, I, I'm not good with the, the, the gay taxonomy though, right? Because there's... Dude, there's fucking – have you gone through that list? Has someone ever gone through that list with you? Ooh, I mean, probably Cliff Notes version. I
1: don't think I've seen the whole list.
0: It's – it's, and, like, I don't claim to be an expert by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) I've been, you know, so many times accused of said bear status (laughs) that I have begin to pick up some what we'll call peripheral nomenclature on the topic. My vocabulary (laughs) is, is more expanded than I would like it to be. But there is a whole ecosystem of seals and otters and uh, uh, it might be worth at some time sitting down and going through the list. As um, he just shakes his head. Just like,
1: there's I one. I like I'm in the dark. That's all. If
0: I'm not mistaken, one of them, and I don't know. And you know what? The nice thing about Zoom is that we can kind of act like our own little fact checker. And I, let me see. Ah. Yeah. Can so, you screen
1: share this? So I can I'm not gonna
0: <laughs> this. I'm going to screen share this. I'm going to narrate it for you and the friends at home. One of them, and they were so fucking canceled for this, um, how we – one of them, and, like, again, this is not derogatory. This is purely me having no experience with this. And, frankly, like, I take offense to the fact – two things. I take offense to the fact that I, I can be objectified with no recourse. None. No one gives a shit. Like, I get catcalled or bear called on the street by a couple of construction workers in Castro. Like, there is no court. There's no me too for that. No <laughs> one gives a fuck. Like, as uncomfortable as I can feel, there's no charges to be laid ever. You just got to deal with it. Right. So, for, let's put that out there first and foremost. So, I've dealt enough in that space living near San Francisco to maybe speak on this. One of them, are you ready? Because I don't I'm know if so you're ready. ready. I'm A, so ready. Ready? A twink. <laughs> Do you want me to read you the definition of Twink?
1: I, I've heard the definition. It,
0: it's an Have acronym, you? right? It's an acronym, right? I don't know. Well, into Wikipedia. Someone's clearing his search history later. <laughs> um, all right. Let's, let's wow. hear. This is let's an hear. expansive. This is like, I've seen less, like, the amount of footnote citations on the twink wikipedia page is actually pretty impressive this might be the most well-cited word um okay so top line twink is gay slang for a young man in his late teens early 20s whose traits may include general physical attractiveness little to no body or facial hair a slim to average build and youthful appearance that may bell an older chronological age okay Babyface. Babyface? Yeah. I kind of get that. And it goes into etymology and history and usage. So I don't know if, okay, like other codes, such as the bear code, the twink code is set to a sim- symbol using letters, numerals, and other caricatures found in modern Western computers and used to describe an, a rating of these. Co- Man, they're getting fucking technical with it. These codes are used in email, usenet, no idea what that is, and internet forum posts to identify physical type and preference of the poster, but may have fallen out of usage. The, the code includes physical traits such as C for color of hair, blonde to black, I or L length of hair from bald, clean shaven to long. H for degree of hairlessness. How does that work? Like from zero to alopecia? Like what's going on there? Y for youthful appearance and E for – oh, ready? Oh, fuck, I should have read this first. E for endowment.
1: Oh, hold on. There's one more.
0: I, I got, I, as well as personality traits such as Q for q and sexual preference such as – and K for kinky factor. Okay. All right, I don't know how we started with hair washing and ended up in the Twink factory. Um, oh, man. But that's Yeah, you can't like unknow a, a thing like that. That's giving me like a strong like human
1: trafficking vibe going on.
0: Just like, like the Wayfair conspiracy. Wayfair, yeah,
1: dude, Did you get into I, that. I, not deeply, but I know like some people are buying like closets and
0: getting humans. Is that a? Th- or, I I thought so there was a said. couple. Yeah, I thought there was a couple in Arizona that like actually got fined for starting it. And it's just, this, like you, start, you
1: get, you get a fine for human trafficking.
0: No, starting like the conspiracy about Wayfair
1: because
0: <laughs> it was so funny, too. My mom is so crazy about. My mom, I was talking to her the other day on the phone, and she was all stoked that she found Wayfair because, like, my dad's fully retired. He was an electrical engineer for fucking forty years. My mom's semi-retired and works with the Canadian government, and they live in Windsor, Ontario. Like. <laughs> Whatever dumb shit they want to buy on the internet, they just fucking buy. And my mom got onto Wayfair and she's like, Oh, like I found this great way. It's like it was like as if IKEA was like it was like a new wave Ikea, like the first time she found IKEA and I told her a bit about the conspiracy theory and then she's like she kinda like bought into it like hook, line, and sinker. I was like, Oh, like be careful they don't send you like a Sarah or something. She's like, Is that like a couch? I was like, No, I think it's an eight year old that's like missing in like Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> She's like, "What the fuck are you talking?" And I'm like, "Ah, and I told her." She's like, oh, no, I can't. I can't support this. I, I think you're fine, mom. Just, just alert local authorities if a, like a small human shows up at your door." <laughs> I've been digging on the conspiracy theories lately, though, man. Like, I, when the Epstein thing happened, eh, it didn't really get my attention. But like in COVID, I think I've just had some more time to just sit on the computer and do shit, and I just play stuff on the background. It's kind of fucked up. It's kind of really fucked up because that one like doesn't even seem like a theory. It's just like, oh no, this is some shit that happened, and you're just like, okay, that's 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 really fucked up.
1: That's pretty fucked up, man. Yeah, some like creepy old dude like getting
0: back massages and like hand jobs from like teenagers. But okay, as bad as that is, and the insensitive altar boy reference aside, is it a little worse that like I think the systemic issue is way worse. The fact that it's, like, you got Clinton on the plane, like, 30 times, and this is a guy that got, like, roasted for getting, like, gummers in the Oval Office, and now all of a sudden, like, it's kind of not as big of a deal. Yeah. Like, people have a weird thing with, like, individual acts, but they're not as good as picking up, like, systemic, like, do you remember Donald Sterling? Do you know that name? Sterling. So Donald Sterling was the old white dude that was the owner of the Clippers. Okay? okay? Do you remember that? Do you remember what he got in shit for? No. He's like, ah oh, fuck. The guy's probably 70 years old, maybe older. And he's like, obviously a billionaire, right? He owns a fucking basketball team in LA. So he had like a like a piece, right? Like a I don't know. We'll call it a girlfriend, but like 50 year age discrepancy. And you know, this chick was playing the game, right? Like got herself a sugar daddy. So she would get tickets to the game, obviously. And I forget the, and I'm not going to repeat the exact wording of it because it was pretty heinous, but like this Donald Sterling guy kind of got outed by uh, this girl or text messages leaked. Basically, he was saying, look, don't bring African-American men with you to the game. And it's like, first off, who's that tip-off, homie? Like, who's your point guard? Who's your center, (laughs) right? Like, who's your power forward? Like, (laughs) <laughs> don't if you don't bring like african americans to the nba you're bringing like the, like the racquetball club like there's not there's not an nba without it so but the weird part was that there's like a huge outrage and rightfully so like total piece of shit move like no respect for you know the players that make him his money a lot of the coaches and the staff and a lot of the people that are asses in the seats right like there there is obviously a a certain affinity cross or in that culture for the game of basketball. But 10-15 years prior to that, Donald Sterling was on record and fined for putting together systemic um like systemic uh like company bylaws to actually cuz he got his he made his money in like housing developments, actually limiting the ability for African Americans to rent his properties yeah so what but it's weird how people like they fixate their outrage machine on like individual acts right where it's like rather than like systemic oppression they actually get more operate operate or um, they get more outraged with the individual act and it's like it's one I mean uh, granted the individual act of sending your side piece or your gold digger a text message saying like hey no African Americans at the game is a representation of the same type of guy that would put into legislation, right, or into company bylaw, like, making it difficult for a lot of African-Americans to rent his houses. But it's just, like, so interesting that the NBA didn't do fuck about that. The NBA was like, that's just an old white dude doing what old white dudes do. And, like, totally swept it out of the right, and no one cared. There was no tweet storm. There was no hashtag. And then all of a sudden, he's just like, you know, he says that thing, which is bad, and that's when everything came crashing down. People are strange, man. I, I just, I fundamentally don't understand people.
1: <laughs> well, it's the systemic stuff is a lot less tangible, right? Right. It's like things that have been put into place and things that, you know, people have just accepted for so long that they just say that's how it is instead of like challenging the norm or challenging, you know, these existing things. And that's how the systemic stuff kind of comes to power or just gets kind of reinforced that that's just how it is.
0: You know? I think it's, it's crazy to me because, like, we always, I mean, I studied history and poli-sci. I'm sure you guys in the States study like, World War II. Mm-hmm. Like, that was pretty bad. And that was, like, super, like, right-wing. But I think there's more cases and tangible, ex- like, expressions of individual acts with World War II with, like, what, like, basically what Nazis did that makes it somehow different than the way we refer to like like Mao's China. Because Mao's China was like like a like communist, but kind of like leftist if you think about it. Like extra like almost the the pretext for Marxism or actually like a direct representation of Marxism, which is like kind of a left leaning idea, but it is systemic. So it's like no one ever talks about Mao's China or like the Soviet Union, because it's just like, one was, it's, it's, one is like, you know, the, the Kremlin, or it's the Kremlin now, but like, one is like government organizations and all this stuff, and the other is kind of like this rogue group of like individuals that band together and to make a bunch of Nazis, uh, and obviously becomes a government organization, but like, it's just crazy to me that people can't see, like through a bigger lens, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think this affects way more people.
1: Yeah, well, there's a thing that there's, you know, when there's that actionable item, like, you did this thing, this thing is wrong, as opposed to this process. We don't like this process, but what the fuck are we going to do about it?
0: Right. It's harder to change a
1: process than a a thing or an event or, I guess. A person.
0: A person. Yeah, Yeah, because you can't cancel a process. You can cancel a person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just. I don't know. It's a little concerning, man. Because, like, I'm back in Canada now. And, like, because I, I, you know, I was lucky, dude. In Australia, like, I don't think I wore a mask the entire time. I didn't, I didn't have one until I had to go to the airport to fly back here. So now I'm, like, walking through lobbies. Because we talked about this, like, early, early days episodes. About, like, not being able to read a room. And, like, we kind of ripped on the kids we went to school with. like, <laughs> Like, just, like, the mental midgets that couldn't, like, Start and or maintain a conversation with like their incoming patients, and it's like there was a study done that, and they just use the eyes. So and it's an older like psychosocial study, and they just use the eyes, and they had like people from different basically stratified by age, look at the eyes and be like, what is the underwriting emotion that these eyes are representing, right? Like sad, angry. I don't know, name any, you know, across the the spectrum or palette of emotions, fill in the blanks. And they saw that basically with age, as the cohorts got younger, the ability to discern the emotion associated with the eyes got worse and worse. Now, all of a sudden, it's like the people that are probably good at discerning it are probably really old and in nursing homes. And then we're all left just looking each other in the eye. And it's just, like, no one has any idea how to interpret this. Like, I just want to put, like, an eggplant emoji on my forehead so people don't think I'm going to rob the grocery store when I walk in with a mask. It's really strange. It's really, like it's, 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 like, it's great to be home, but it is something that's, like, I am starting to push back on it a little bit. Like, when I go into public, I will keep my mask in my pocket until someone tells me to put it on. Yeah.
1: I don't know, man. It, it's Twitter just
0: where where does this end?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Everyone seems to think it's going to end with the election. Uh, Your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I don't read too much into po- well. I don't know too much about politics, but I, oh, I mean, oh so,
0: Wait, you think that's a barrier to talking about it? Have you <laughs> heard of Twitter? Fair enough.
1: Fair enough. But I mean, there's. I mean, if you look at like the implications of everything that's going on, it's it's almost like I mean. I can't really speak to canada but I, it seems like it's pretty pretty similar but in america it's almost like we're being fucking held hostage right now like the people that are hurting the most are like the small businesses the people that are thriving are you know the large corporations with all these bailouts and all that shit so it's like it's a really weird scenario where it seems like it's there's there's this very binary separation of like okay these people you can do what you want but these people no 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 you can't do that put on your mask stay inside you know, um, gyms, dude, are having a really fucking hard time, especially in California. I know it's probably different in some places of the country, but like they're operating at either like 10% capacity or, you know, everyone has to go outside or wear a mask and all this shit. And it's just, dude, places like this, you can't sustain a business like that. Like even 24 hour fitness. Um, I think they filed for bankruptcy. Uh, all the, all these smaller gyms are either doing shit under the table or they're, going to go under it's you know it's a weird fucking thing a lot of it seems to be about money right now
0: is it true that restrictions are basically divided by party lines like blue states have less or more and i'm not great with this but like is it true that like like the states that are less restricted like what's california california is liberal right so yeah. what is what is your liberal party Your uh, Republicans? Uh, Democrats. Democrats. So California, right. knew some Republican. Texas would be uh, Republicans.
1: You just said Republican for both, but okay. <laughs> you have the right idea. So California Democrats,
0: is what? Democratic. Democratic Texas, Texas is Republican. Republican. Yep. I know people are lifting in Texas inside without masks. I see them right. on Instagram every day. Shout out Rob Worldbreaker Savage Hall. <laughs> but like, Is it, and that's just obviously the sample size of one, but does it do blue states are, because I know New York is another very liberal state, very blue state, right? Blue is liberal. I got that. There's also a donkey and an elephant in there somewhere. (laughs) I'm pretty sure California is a blue state. New York is a blue state, right? They're voting fucking, they're voting Hillary. They're voting Biden, 100%. They're anti-Trump states. Now, I know them to be in heavy lockdown or they right. were the heavy, and obviously they're the biggest cities and taking that into context, but does it, is it true that states that are um, more conservative in their politics have opened up more than states that are more liberal?
1: Probably. Um, yes. I think, I mean, I think there is a correlation to population density there also.
0: Right. Um,
1: Like, I think more metropolitan areas tend to be more liberal or more democratic. Um, And along with that, there's going to be more people, you know, higher, I don't think it's a higher rate of occurrences, but a higher number of cases. Sure. That sort of thing. Um, I don't fucking know, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I know I see people lifting in Texas and I'm like, motherfucker. Just drive. Just go. Yeah. I've like, been well, <laughs> yeah, in a
0: tent for six months now. Is it – do you think it might be a case of like, okay, they can still exact state law, but they're exacting a state law so that hopefully the constituents want a change, and then one of the changes that they will bring if elected to the presidency, which I think is Biden, right? Biden and Kamala Harris? Biden, um, yeah. Which is like a major concern. Grandpa can't say that. He's, he's yeah, not. He's not well. There's no good
1: scenario here for America. I'm just gonna move up to Canada with you. Yeah,
0: dude. I don't know. Like, it's good to be back. Don't get me wrong. But there's like a passivity to like the way Canadians are that they just like, yeah, yeah whatever yeah, yeah no worries <laughs> no problem yeah no yeah no it's all good where it's like that 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 has an outer limit too, right? right? Like there's, it's yeah, it's a little bit concerning. Like I don't wanna, I don't wanna sound any alarms or anything, but like there is kind of, because like we're super liberal, like across the board, and like at best, what you could hope for from Canadian politics, I think is like classic libertarian. I think is probably what would be the ideal, but like our there's a conspiracy speaking of conspiracy. It's a good one that our prime minister is actually like. A born of wedlock uh, like a bad boys three version of Fidel Castro's kid oh it's fucking amazing it's so it's the best conspiracy theory ever they're saying that the prime minister is a mother so the prime minister currently is Justin Trudeau his father is like one of the most revered politicians in Canadian history who's actually prime minister as well um, Pierre Trudeau and it said because Pierre Trudeau had a good relationship with Castro when he was alive and they would travel to Cuba often. That true like that Castro jumped Trudeau's mom. And that's how we got so there's like pictures of like young Castro and young Justin Trudeau, oh, <laughs> which is fucking amazing. It's amazing. Like it's so good that someone like it's you know, it is ninety-nine percent not true. But the Uh 1% of, like, just universal uncertainty is so good. It makes for, like, I'm not a huge meme guy, but some of the memes are just tremendous. (laughs) That's fucking wild. While while we're on conspiracies,
1: have you heard about the QAnon? QAnon. QAnon, what is it?
0: QAnon, yeah. Oh, I love it because it paints Trump to be a superhero. Am I to understand this? He's somehow, like, pursuing and, like he's, like, he's like Dexter. He's like a dumb president by day, but he's pursuing, like, you know, the, the world's elite. By, Dexter, I, as in Dexter's Laboratory. Right, or the guy that, like, probably more Dexter's Laboratory gone wrong. He's a Dexter's Laboratory accident is what he is. Okay. But, yeah, the QAnon one is, like, it, it's just amazing to me the web of obscurity that gets spun to build validity in it. Like, you know, the, the linguistic uh, jumping jacks that people use to make these conspiracies hold water. And it's like, I have a very, like, peripheral understanding of what QAnon is. What is your interpretation of what QAnon is?
1: Dude, just very base level. Apparently there's some secret society where people are, like, eating children. Right, yeah, for the
0: adrenochrome.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, something like that, and then somehow Trump is going to be the savior that uh, you know saves the world
0: from the secret society of people. I love it. I love it. It's incredible. It's so good. It's like to me, that's like the church of the flying spaghetti monster. (laughs) It's just, I thought about that was like for a long time. There. And there there also there remains to be conflict with, you know, religious rights and freedoms that infringe on, you know, what we see in the U.N. sees and most developed countries see as, you know, a, a tolerant expression of rights and freedoms. Right. So, like, you know, the right to there, there's paradoxes and conflicts and there's paradoxes and conflicts in the Constitution, there's paradoxes and conflicts in religion, there's paradoxes and conflicts in t- fucking training. But, like, you know, for a long time, there was the issue with face coverings in Muslim religions, right? Like, hijab, niqab, the whole nine of, like, look, it's a security issue if we're just looking at, like, the reverse sensor where you only see the eyes. Like, you know, that's got to be an issue, right? And, and, you know, airports, they have private rooms and women's only and, like, female-only training sections and gyms So like, but, like, I got a beard and you're asking me to wear a mask. I'm like, fuck, man. Could the, like, I was literally hoping the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster would put in some sort of, like, thou shalt not cover face with mask, like, sermon on the mount. Just to so be like, look, guys, you know, religion. It's just, it's my religious beliefs that I shouldn't have to wear this fucking thing over my face. I, I wish I, you know, take it up, take it up with our... Our Our Holiness, the colander with a fucking bunch of noodles coming out of it, like yeah, I don't know it's 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 crazy times, and I feel like you know the idol's hands do the devil's work, right, and all of a sudden you' got a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands, like you can bend interpretations and like you can you can basically inception people like inception ideas into people, and it's incredible to see like and shout out Neezy! like we've had jay on the podcast before but jay nira has swan dived into the shallow end of and i say this affectionately of every conspiracy theory going right now like i was in australia and i got a message from Neezy. so it's like so in this in the state of victoria where the city of melbourne is or melbourne for those uninitiated they're in like a pretty crazy lockdown like borderlining martial law. And I have friends, Kyle Trainer, another friend of the podcast, good friend of mine. He's, uh, he's in Victoria, whatever. Wakes up, he makes himself a coffee, gets to work. He knows no difference. Doesn't really, but like, Neezy's like going in, like article after article after article. And it's like, the big one to me is like, the few things have emerged in the last couple weeks that I found interesting. One, the CDC released like, reform stats on the COVID-19, as far as like the cases that were what we'll call primary cases with no comor- comorbidities, did you see those statistics? No, I haven't seen them. So now, pure COVID cases, people that came in and died, and I, I don't want to miss cite this, and if I'm getting it wrong, I do apologize, because the last thing we need is more perpetuation of bad info. But it okay, at this point. <laughs> you're a YOLO, right? It will end up on Breitbart or something. Or Vox or whatever else is out there, but isolation singular cause deaths from COVID that didn't have comorbidities with like I don't know AIDS or uh, cancer or whatever was I want to say it was six percent six six of the people that got it
1: actually died from it no 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 so
0: six percent of all of the deaths.
1: Okay.
0: Were were oh, deaths right. that occurred and it was the only it was the only pathology. So that leaves ninety-four percent of all the recorded deaths were were like comorbidity cases where COVID right. was found present or the COVID antibodies were found present. And if you know even like the immunology and virology kind of one oh one, you know the antibodies doesn't necessarily mean that you currently have the virus. Um, And this is a novel coronavirus, so it could actually be antibodies from the pre-existing non-COVID-19, to my understanding. And then of that 6% deaths that were like pure, pure, like, you know, uncut, like, like Frank White kind of fucking pure blue magic COVID shit, 90% were in nursing homes. Cue and on me up, homie. (laughs) I'm good for, I'm ripe for a conspiracy theory because there's no other way. And the other one that got me this week was the WHO, the World Health Organization, came out and admitted that uh, diet and exercise were a good way to combat the mortality or morbidity rather of COVID-19. Yeah. Yet you're lifting under a fucking big top circus tent in your backyard. Yep. That's the situation. That's crazy, man. I blame social media.
1: Yeah, for sure. Facebook news.
0: Well, yeah, it's just, it's the only thing that's different, right? Like, if we run the pandemic equation and we can run this back from, like, like I couldn't imagine, like, before, like, germ theory, like, before we kind of knew what, like, bacteria was and how this stuff happened, let alone how to manufacture it in a lab in China and let it loose on the world, like, we just used to think this was, like, the devil, <laughs> like imagine, like rats sped, spreading the like bubonic plague, and thinking that your mom died because like the devil. That's terrifying. That is like Salem, like Salem witch shit. Like yeah, no, she's totally a witch. Like that's like watching them burn the mailman because it's just like that's that's the craziest thing ever, right? Like it's just so the only thing that's different between like 1968 right hong kong flu it's it's a hop skip and a jump jump to mainland china like it's and the only difference in that equation is the accessibility of information good bad or otherwise at the at the palm of our fingers you know instagram news outlets 24 hour news networks cnn fox msnbc twitter twitter is amazing to me like i still remember the first time hearing wolf blitzer Wolf is like this commentator on, on CNN say the words with a stone, very like, you know, he's got the beard and he's front of like the big fucking 20 foot, 20 foot, like touch screen or whatever. And like cite a tweet, like say the word tweet in like what was at the time. Well, I don't know at the time, but like was, you know, revered as potentially a, like a, uh, a reputable place to people to get their news. And this guy said the word, tweet and i was like that's it we're done we're done right like it's like the moment that nietzsche declared the death of god it's like i declared the death of fucking humanity it's like this is not okay and this is where we're at fucking 15 years later it's crazy wild times wow it's yeah great. so when is the u.s election do you know it's like the first or
1: second week of november I was it like november 11th or something like that at this point, that's symbolic.
0: At this point, do you vote? Personal question.
1: I dude, I, <laughs> so I haven't voted Okay, in a couple of years since 2008. 2008.
0: Dude, 2008. dude, do you remember that? That would have been Mitt Romney versus Barack Obama. I remember. Do you know why I remember that? Why
1: because do you remember
0: that? That was our – was that 2008 or was it 2012? It was 2012 because uh, the first one would have been – um no it was, it was Obama's first term was 2008. I remember moving to California right around in September of 2012 yeah. 2012 and it was it was the Romney Obama Obama up for a second term and I couldn't for the life of me figure out why and I still remember like so clearly so we went to school with, with a kid named Sawyer Hildebrandt Sawyer is if Twin Cities Minneapolis or Minnesota was a person. It's it's Sawyer. I love Sawyer to pieces. He's a great dude. He's very passionate. He loves what he loves and and one of the things that he he very much was was fond of was the Obama administration. Very very liberal you know, and coming from that part of the world, you know, it's 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 a roll the dice when you're dealing in the Middle East. You don't know if you're going to get peace signs or hoods, It's but Soy Soy, you know, you know, very ethical dude, pro-Obama, seemed to be well-read. It seems to be still somewhat connected. Obviously, you know, Twin Cities has had its issues in the last, you know, in the news in the last year or so, more recently in the last six months. Um, and he's been like, you know, outspoken and, and I've read the stuff he's put out. Soy on in one corner, standing 160, 175 pounds, five foot eight, five foot nine, and on the other corner, Alyssa Holum. Alyssa Holum thought Obama was the next Nazi, he was birther. If you remember the fucking birther conspiracy, we're like, yeah, like, no, he was totally born in Kenya. Like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? No, I told you, no, totally, like, ask, totally born in Kenya. And it was just like, okay. And she thought like her father was gonna be unemployed. And I from what I could gather, she was quite wealthy. And I and I don't want to trash either of them. Like they were both good good people. But what, and but that's what got me. They were both good people. Like, I, I remember being friends with Alyssa. I remember Alyssa was one of the first people i met on campus. Soy was one of my best friends. I trained with him every day. And I couldn't for the life of me understand why they hated each other. It was I've never seen anything like it. Like uh-huh. And they hate, like, they didn't talk to one another. Like, someone would get a question wrong in class, and there'd be, like, a snide remark and, like, a, a glare, and it's, like, it's so strange. Politics is America's favorite sport. It's, it's crazy. They're, like, you guys are, like, soccer hooligans. That's what your politics is like. It's, like, going to, like, Manchester versus Man City and just watching people, like, get drunk and beat the shit out of each other, <laughs> except it's usually not, like, in the streets. They're just, like, beating the shit out of their wives at home or something, like, oh, it watching americans talk about politics is like watching like die, die hard fans of of a team but even i don't even think that's right because i think die hard fans of teams started off as die hard, die hard fans of the sport right? right like i think all soccer fans were indoctrinated with the love of soccer first which actually makes the 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 fights between you know left right blue red Elephant, donkey, Trump, Biden, a little weirder because, like, I mean, I guess you could make the comparison that falling in love with America first is, you know, the falling in love with soccer, but it is. It is literally America's favorite sport because, like, look, I don't know. I was a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and then Luongo got traded way back in the Dizze, and then I was like, all right, now I'm a Vancouver fan. And it's like we see it in the Bay Area, like, oh, man, Curry's shooting the lights out. Everyone's a Warriors fan. Yeah. But I've never met anyone jump the aisle, Any, yeah. met anyone that go, like, this guy's got a point. This guy, <laughs> this donkey <laughs> fell over here, like, watching the DNC. I kind of like what this guy's saying. It is the craziest fandom I've ever seen. It's wild. Yeah, it's
1: super fucking wild. It's like, um, I mean, my dad and my uncle are, like, on – opposite ends of the spectrum and can like, i have can
0: i take a guess without outing your father can i guess what the guy in you, dallas the outskirts i'm going to highlight out and you correct me if i'm wrong the outskirts of dallas pennsylvania because that matters the oh, outskirts the of outest, dallas pennsylvania house on the hill he's kind of like if john mccaffey was uh was like a uh, uh, oh an osteopath <laughs> so I'm going to just go out on a limb and say that he's he's not voting Biden. <laughs> you're, you'd probably be correct. Safe on that limb, all right? Yeah, you're pretty safe with that. And then your you? uncle, obviously, like...
1: Other side of the spectrum. He's like he's like almost tin and hat, like, fucking conspiracy theorist, too, in, like, his own ways. But they're, like, complete fucking opposites, dude. And listening to those two talk politics is Fucking hilarious! Like, does it bring
0: internal I, dissension into the family? Like, are they still like friends? They're
1: they're brothers, right? <laughs> so it's like this. It's like this. Like deep rooted. Like uh, I don't know. People in my family are just very competitive in this in a weird kind of way. So shit. like this, yeah, right, yeah. If you have ever met <laughs> <been>, me, it's uh, <laughs> so it's almost like a fucking competition for them. Like, I, I mean, they love each other and they have, like, each other's interests at heart, but it's, like, it's truly a competition.
0: So, like, they're still getting Christmas cards and shit like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: It'll just be, like, your Christmas gift was I donated $500 to the DNC under your name or something. <laughs> exactly, dude. <laughs> That'd be incredible.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, but it's wild, dude.
0: People, like,
1: they fucking double down on whatever the fuck they believe in. It's usually, like, one or two things like in Dallas, Pennsylvania, it's like, they're going to take my guns. I'm Republican.
0: Well, that's a hard part too, right? Like to be identified as a party, you almost have to, cause like people I think are going to ultimately vote on one or one or two ways. And this is how I kind of look at it and with what I read and what I listen to. Like there are people who are going to be staunch single issue voters. Absolutely.
1: Right? Because yeah. they
0: have one thing in their life that they hold. And like, let's maybe break this down. Education. Healthcare, transportation, you know, second Second Amendment—that's the gun one, right? Yeah, right. Second Amendment. Maybe it's maybe we get into abortion, freedom of choice, right? The fucking Rover versus Wade or whatever it was, and it's like those are the main, those are the jurisdictions, right? Those Mm -hmm. are the tent posts that divide the left and the right, right? And the thing is, people will probably have to sacrifice. Like let's say we could we could list those things in order from like one to seven or one to eight and assign a numerical value of importance to the opposite decision being placed. Like if I said no, we're gonna we're gonna allow for abortion and you're an anti abortionist, what number do you rank that in severity of 10? Right? And then the highest number is gonna be the party you don't vote for. Right? So like basically like that's how we're or there's one superlative, doesn't matter. You know, someone's out there yelling, kill babies, but as long as I get my AKs, like, I'm sweet. And, and no party can represent that, right? Which is weird. Made for, made weirder again by the fact that, like, if the idea of a democracy is to have it be a direct representative, representation of the people. To my recollection, Hillary Clinton actually got more of the overall populace. She got more votes by, like, you know, not, not an outright win, or like it wasn't outright win, but she wasn't running away with it. But because of the way the electoral college system works, right. she didn't. So what she did was she won by larger margins in cities. And I could be I could be fucking this up. She won by larger margins in cities where she knew she was going to win, i.e., California and New York, right? But there's only so many seats that can be represented in the house from California and New York, obviously, you know, large, large cities, but Trump was able to kind of pick up the garbage in front of the net, turn a phrase from Mighty Ducks, and really clean up like the Midwest and one, and maybe not even one, but like, was able to skew a few of the swing states in a way where he was able to like act as, or, you know, a third party may have acted as, as a, as an impedance to her getting those seats in those integral places. So, like, you know, in California, like, it's good, they're going to vote blue forever. New York, they're going to vote blue forever. So, you know, getting a bajillion, like, getting all those votes in California doesn't actually mean if you those votes tally up to a greater representation of the overall population that you're going to win the election, which to me was, like, total mindfuck. Because yeah. I'm watching one ticker that says the overall votes. And I remember this. I was living on Descanso Drive. And this was, this, I actually remember watching, yeah, the, the, I was living in California when Trump got elected. Or I was in California when Trump got elected, and I remember looking at the ticker, like the literacy, with all the numbers coming in, and then the ticker above said Donald Trump, president of the U like president of the United States of America, and I was like, "Oh, oh, no, someone called CNN. They can't read the ticker." And then someone explained to me like the electoral college. I'm like, "Oh, ain't that some shit?" <laughs> yeah,
1: dude, that's politics right there. It's fucking, I don't know, complex, I guess to say the least. But yeah, you know that people are going to, people are going to resonate with one or two things and they're going to let that dictate their, their party or their, you know, their vote as opposed to, you know, actually establishing a set of values or a stance on each of these issues. And, you know, I'm pretty sure when you go to the polls, I mean, it's been, what, what did I say 12 years since I voted, but um, you can just like hit a box that says all Democrat or all Republican. And it's just like votes that way on like all your issues so
0: at the just, very least you should they they should remove that yeah, right? that fucking lazy right like you shouldn't be voting yeah absolutely i mean there's a certain
1: responsibility in the person to kind of know what you're voting on and i guarantee there's things on that ballot that people are voting you know their party or whatever it is without even knowing what those issues are
0: well, and the problem, too, with that, again, to my outsider understanding of, like, U.S. politics, is that you could be voting on an issue that has a rider attached to it that's something, like, totally, like, uh, you know, we've got this bill here, um, you know, uh, JF-14, uh, JF-14 is to expand uh, playgrounds and city parks. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, dude, like, yeah, that sounds like a good bill. Uh, and then we'll attach a rider to it that goes, Oh, yeah, um, we're also going to kill all of the cats in the humane society. And you're like, Well, like parks are good, but why is it a totally fucked up, like, like tumor on this? like? And so, like, it's weird that people will, you can glass over it and you can even have like, you know, bipartisan issues on one bill because there's the main issue of the bill and then there's riders attached to different bills. And I know voting on bills is different than voting for, um, you know, voting for a, a party but still it's like even with what you're voting for sometimes it's not what you're voting for yeah
1: absolutely.
0: i, I can't help you have you ever watched whose line is it anyways yeah <laughs> do you know the tagline for that show do you remember it like the original drew carey days oh man it's something about like
1: he talks about how many points each section is worth and the points are worth absolutely nothing right where
0: the rules are made up and the points don't matter Like exactly, that's exactly. When, I think, when i think of the u.s and it's politics in general man like you can right. go across the world to what degree i've looked into it and it's like that's it like that is that's the that's the sign over the door is you know where the rules are made up and the points don't matter but yet the outcomes matter so much. It's so great. And then it's almost like you find comfort doubling back to conspiracy theories. Like you find comfort in the, in the potential that, okay, maybe there is, you know, this James Bond specter <laughs> capitalist, you know, Zurich fucking carved into the hill war room of like, you know, the, the Rothschilds, and the Zuckerbergs of the world that, okay, maybe someone's pulling the strings other than the, the puppet show that we're watching play out in, like, political stages. Because, like, if you don't believe that, I don't know how you sleep at night. Like, I think, I think that's almost comforting. Like, it's comforting to think in the same way that, like, when you thought that your mom was being killed by the devil, it was probably comforting to go to bed at night and read the Bible and think about God. Right, because it gives you something to believe in in a higher power. Like I really think, you know, religion was the opiate of the masses, or seen as, and that was a derogatory term when that term was fra- coined, but or the, when that phrase was coined. But I really think now, like conspiracy theories, are becoming the opiate of the masses. They want, they need, people need to believe in something. Santa Claus out, Tooth Fairy gone, Jesus, eh. you know, he's kind of been on the way out for a while. And he's like, what do you got left? QAnon? <laughs> all right, fuck it. You know, he didn't, he didn't die, put in a cave, and come back three days later. There was no immaculate conception. There's no Christmas. But f- this is all we got. We're gla- grasping at straws. I need to believe that QAnon is a thing, and Trump is actually some super Saiyan civil soldier that's going out with his shitty blonde hair at night and, you know, murdering those out to eat the children of the world to source the adrenochrome and live forever. It's like even just saying that is so silly, but at the same time, it's like, I think that it just speaks so strongly to people's, and not even wanting this to believe, people need to believe in something. It, that's a, but that's a dangerous void to create because that void is a vacuum. That void is a vacuum that will literally suck anything up. And I think what we're seeing getting sucked up into it is like YouTube and conspiracy theories are now like the new scripture. It's fucking wild, man. Crazy times. This is a fitness podcast. Here we are. We had a plan. <laughs> the plan got totally derailed. So we'll talk about progressive overload another time. Um, but it's interesting, man. Like we don't talk about current events too often. But I think it's like – it's worth discussing to a certain degree. Cause like outside, like it will, cause it, I mean, it does kind of affect fitness. Like, you know, how, how many people's training has been affected by politics now? Like I can't go train or I have to wear a mask or, you know, if I'm in, you know, you know, there's states that so closely border each other, right? Like what Delaware, Virginia and Maryland will intersect on one street corner. And I don't know what the politics across those three states are. But I guarantee you, there's probably different legislations. So it's just like, I'm going to start hopping borders to go train. Like, uh, I have a friend. He owns, like, some world gyms in Australia. And at the time, New South Wales was locked down, but Queensland was open. So he actually started a brand in this time called Fitness Cartel because he would smuggle people across the border, and I probably shouldn't out him like this, um, in his car to go train. (laughs) And but like, how crazy is that? Like germs don't care about borders. Right. It's just yeah. Uh, I don't know. Wild times, man. I, I can't. I can't believe we're at a point where this is a conversation that has been spoken. Like, is so pervasive that it actually warrants us talking about it. Yeah. We did this before. Is a fucking shit show, dude. Hey. Eh?
1: I said 2020 is a fucking shit show.
0: Yeah, it seems to be a little more unrelenting than weird years past. Like there were years that started with the Zika virus and then got worse. But like like I remember Ebola, I remember SARS. But like that that storm eased up. Dude, it's fucking September. Mm-hmm. Are you joking me? I flew to Australia in March. March. It's like I just got back now. It's yeah, this one. This one's stuck, one stuck around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be, um, I don't know. It's 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 getting to the point where I'm not optimistic about 2021. <laughs> How fucked up is that? Yeah, that'd be interesting. But election is what? It's September, 10 weeks, 10 weeks out. Something along those lines. Yeah, something right around there. So, yeah, we'll maybe we'll do a follow-up. Because I feel like every now and then, Uh, Maybe I'll go back. Remember, we did the Nazi rape culture episode. Yeah, yeah, we did that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, one hundred percent, we did that. If you guys want to, it was a fun. I think it was actually a well pointed discussion on the topic. We just clickbaited the title a little bit so people would listen. We got. I think we got a lot of really good feedback on that. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So hopefully we'll do the same. But hopefully this doesn't become a thing. Like, hopefully we don't have to transfer our 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 podcast domain to like out of fitness and into like politics or something but um so this is our annual we'll call this an annual thing right. well, this, <laughs> annual, the, 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 this is our like state of the union address the rx radio state of the union that's the episode that's, title that's pretty fucked up all right <laughs> so that'll be it we'll talk about progressive overload another time it's fun when this happens yeah I enjoyed this. people don't hear like how these <laughs> podcasts are? What do you want to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> oh wait, Dan yeah, does this French dude totally wash my hair? Quick, turn it off! Turn it off! <laughs> it's just like, oh shit! It's any wonder we got through grad school, man, because that's literally how all of our conversations went. <laughs> so, what do you think about the spine? Oh fuck, man! Remember that time we hit Dan signs in the in the dick with a cue ball? Ah! And then it was just like. <laughs> <laughs> we got it's, it's still funny. It's still funny. Yeah, dude, that's all
1: I'll ever remember about him at this point.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's shout out Dan Science for really taking one for the team. His <laughs> his legend will live forever.
1: Oh for sure. sure. Um,
0: but alright, that's that's it, guys. Uh, we'll we'll get back to more serious topics like progressive overload and exercise progression in the next episode. Uh, until next time, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I don't know, share the podcast or don't or whatever, uh, if you want to say hi, just, just take a screenshot on whatever you're listening to and throw it up on Instagram. I'm at the underscore muscle underscore doc and, uh, my partner in crime as always Jordan Jenta at, we're going to the functional Cairo. Yeah. we're doing At it. the functional Cairo. It's revived. It's revivified out of <laughs> the ashes of 2020. The functional Cairo Instagram page lives on. So do go, um, you know, for all your daily um, handsome faces and and barbell lifts, do go to the functional Cairo on Instagram. Um, so that's it for me, guys. I don't know if you got anything. Thanks
1: for listening, guys.